0: Hi there folks, this is Eric wordweaver Shervin Godi of the Redgar folk and host of the Raven's Call. I want to welcome you to this special broadcast uh, for this particular podcast rendition of the Soul Complex. Now this is born out of a request I had from one of my YouTube viewers to put all of the Soul Complex videos into audio format uh, so that he could study it more easily and uh, nothing if not accommodating. So hopefully this will be uh, more approachable for some of you that need the audio-only version. Now, there are some things in here where the visuals were nice, and so you'll see some references to that. Plus, there's some some editing issues here and there because of, uh, specifically on the intros. Uh, this was during a period of time where I was still getting the hang of my uh, editing software and was using this particular intro kind of little acoustic guitar riff uh, that was very nice, very pleasant, but it's something that I chose not to use in later, uh, later episodes and whatnot. So, uh, do forgive. There's a little bit of a eh, in there <laughs> of the old soundtrack uh, with the new soundtrack laid underneath it. So I did use the more the uh, Melodic uh, background music, that kind of lilting, haunting guitar uh, that I'm quite fond of in the current podcast episodes. So uh, you will see that throughout on these. There will be a little bit of an intro outro uh, guitar riff between the episodes, and there may be just a little bit of a hiccup of the old music that kind of trips over itself with the new music in the underlay so it'll make more sense when you get there I promise it's just for that little intro bit and then it goes away but I need to leave the intro bit because it introduces what we're doing with that particular episode and when I mean a little bit I edited out all but maybe what was underneath my voice (laughs) because I did a little bit of an overlay there so I did each of these episodes in one long big podcast form. So each of the different episodes should be a chapter in the podcast, so hopefully it will be uh, navigable for you, depending on your podcatcher of choice, and hopefully uh, everything will run smooth for you guys. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to switch over to it, and we're going to jump into the preface, and then the four different aspects, the four different episodes of The Soul Complex. It was five videos total, leading with the preface, and then the four subsequent episodes. So hail to you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Your hearth fires burn bright. Hi there, I'm Eric Wordweaver Shervin, Gothi of the Ridgar folk here in East Texas. I'd like to welcome you to the Raven's Call. This is a show where I ramble on about different heathen-related subjects, it just depends on what strikes my fancy. This is the first in a series of videos I'm going to be doing on the Heathen Soul Complex. Now this comes with a certain preface. I have to put this out there that uh, I've done a lot of research in the soul complex. This is actually, my understanding of the soul complex comes as a result of an oath fulfillment I did for my tribe years ago, wherein I oathed to complete so many papers during a year, one of which being an APA style, full on hardcore research type paper. And the one that I chose to do that on was the soul complex. So I took everything I could get my hands on, all the articles, all the Eddas, the sagas, the whatever part of the lore, whatever part of uh, the books that people have written on it. If anybody had touched on the soul complex at that point in time, and I had access to it, could speak the language it was written in, uh, or had a translation thereof, I read it. And the one thing that came to, the one realization that I came to in all of that is that no two people see the soul complex the same way. Uh, Just today, as it was ages ago, the soul is a very personal thing and not everybody sees it the same way. Not everybody codifies it the same way. So little disclaimer here. What you're going to see in this video series is how I see the soul complex, not how anybody else does. I also need to preface this with I am not a reconstructionist heathen. I am heathen because I believe in the gods, because I believe in the Veits here, my ancestors, and my folk, my tribe. Uh, I am heathen because I'm heathen, uh, a living modern heathen. Uh, I'm not a hardcore Reconstructionist heathen. Not to say I don't have Reconstructionist elements, I do my research, I look at how the ancestors did things, and I try to use that to inform where I'm going, but I am one that believes that... Uh, <laughs> While they had a lot of things figured out, they didn't have everything figured out, and that we have had some developments philosophically, uh, theologically, and whatnot over the years. That I, I wish we could go back and have the conversations with them and see where things would jive. But uh, there's things we're learning every day. I think we're getting to know the gods better uh, as we go along, and uh, this is, I think, we're getting to know our souls and our everything around us a little better as we go along. So. Uh, that being said, those with a more hardcore reconstructionist attack on this are going to have some issue with how I look at this. That's that's fine. I completely expect that, completely understand that. Uh, I anticipate that everybody that watches this video is going to have their own opinion on it. That, that's fine. I, I completely get it. So don't don't worry about that. We'll, we'll go with what we got, all right? Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind as we go through, this is how I see things and this is how I have... I've researched how a bunch of different areas looked at heathenry. I've looked at uh, at the soul. I've looked at how different groups, individuals, both then and now, look at the soul. Um, And I've developed, based on all of these theories, my views on the soul complex, borrowing heavily from these other aspects as well. Uh, You'll see some of the elements of that as we go along. So just keep in mind... This is me (laughs) and it is hardly the only way to look at this. This is just the way that it makes sense to me. And you guys need to know this for future videos um, when I go off into some of my tangents, why I'm going off on this particular tangent on how this particular aspect of the soul is more active during this kind of ritual and why, and you know, why I reference certain soul complex elements with relation to psychology and, and you know, Abnormal development or you know psychopathies things like that There's a reason for that and that's because that's how I see the world So I just uh, this this how I see the soul now one thing that I did find in common throughout Our ancestors is that it did not seem to be that they held a a Binary view uh, this This dichotomy of the soul as it were there wasn't the body-soul division that we see in a lot of Western society Especially in a post-Judeo-Christian society Um, What I see Is in my research and in my own delving into things is a more complex Situation hence why I refer to it as the soul complex Uh, It's a number of pieces a number of parts Some are you know, different areas that influence one another, but all are tied together. And for the entity that we know as human to exist, all of these parts need to work together. And without the pieces working together in harmony, things go wrong. Or they just don't go at all. It depends on which pieces. A dear friend of mine who passed several years ago, Rod Landreth, a go-the-in-the-Midwest, fantastic guy, wonderful mind. I miss him dearly. He used to say that, because he helped me working on this particular essay as well, and uh, he used to say that the heathen soul complex is like an engine. Every single part of it is its own thing that all comes together to drive the vehicle that is the human. And if any one of those pieces is out of sync, things begin to go wrong in the engine. And if the major ones quit working, get out of sync, if there's one of those major parts that doesn't work anymore, then the entire engine shuts down. So now you may have a, a perfectly good manifold, uh, but you know if all your pistons are broken in half, then what good is any of the engine going to do you? You know um, that that kind of thing. We're talking about the soul complex is all interrelated. Every element plays off of another element, and builds in such a way that it's synergistic almost. Uh, It's greater than the sum of its parts. So this is how I see the soul complex. And as I go through, I'm going to break it up into different sections. All right. There is, I I see the soul complex is encompassing four main areas. Okay. The first area that we're going to discuss is going to be the area of the mental aspects of the soul, okay? So there's the mental, and then there is the spiritual. Uh, That'll make a little bit more sense in a little while. Uh, There's the mental, the spiritual, the physical, like the physical body. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes over here. (laughs) The physical body, and then what I refer to as Orlog. Now, do not mistake this to say that I'm saying orlog is a piece. Mm, mm, okay, these are pieces of the soul complex that do not fit neatly into these other three areas, but are tied to the luck, the orlog, the inheritability. There's a, there's an inherent uh, inheritance aspect to these elements. And so I tie them together in what I call Orlog because they are inherited as part of the Orlog in some elements. Or at least the Orlog impacts these things as the Orlog impacts everything. So I'll get to that one last. But uh, that's, that's, that's a deeper subject. We'll, we'll get to that one. Each of these videos is going to be separate. I'm going to encompass each of these areas in its own video. Uh, The next video that I'll put out will be the mental section, so we'll break that down. It's going to be kind of complex. Um, I do give a warning, I bounce back and forth between Old Norse and Old English terminology because the Old Norse aspect, the view of the soul, was not as complex as the Old English view of the soul. And there's a lot of elements from the Anglo-Saxon side of things. Uh, And later developments that utilized Old English terminology, uh, so modern views on the soul that utilize Old English and Old Norse terminology. uh, These kind of elements, which I still consider to be perfectly valid, I know some people will call them UPG or uh, made up, but that's okay. All of this was the insight of our ancestors at one point in time, so I do not devalue insight. Um, So anyway. I do bounce back and forth between these terms. I'll try to explain them as best I can as I go along. And then uh, at the end of all of this, once I've got these videos out, or once I get it started, something in there, somewhere along the way, I'll uh, I'll release that paper that I wrote on the soul complex that kind of sums all of this up on uh, WordWeaver Productions on Facebook. So you guys can go and take a look at it if you want to. It's actually already out there on my, my personal page. Uh, some of you are friends with me. Most of you are not. Uh, and just a heads up, I don't friend everybody that I see on Facebook that requests me. Uh, I do try to, sh- you know, point you guys over to Word Weaver Productions because that's where the actual conversation goes. My personal page. I do a lot of things. I do this channel. I do the ETH thing, which is East Texas Heathens, just a local meetup group I host there in East Texas. Uh, I also handle a lot of stuff for my own personal tribe, the Ridgar Folk. Uh, and Some of that on there some of it on messenger all over the place and then of course I've got my own other things that I'm interested in uh, and, uh, Pokemon go all kinds of other stuff uh, that I've got communities involved with on Facebook So that being said if you friend me on Facebook, and I don't just hit you know approve uh, There's a reason okay. Don't don't take it personal. I'll probably try and message you and say hey Check out Wordweaver Productions, that's where the actual convo goes, that's all about this, and it's the better networking tool. Uh, now some of you I end up friending just because we have some conversations go back and forth, and I really enjoy that, so I'm much more likely to friend people that I've had interactions with, so if you want to end up on my friends list, it's better to message me than just to friend me out of nowhere. Anyway, so we're going to rock on, we're going to go forward, and then the following videos will be longer than this, uh, but essentially we're going to cover how Eric Shervin sees the soul not how anybody else sees it but how I see it and then you can take that information develop your own thoughts your own views do the research get out there and read there's tons of stuff to read Uh, I I can give you a list of stuff all day long about where there's some great sources out there on soul Uh, get out there and find it look around and read everything you can get your hands on and then decide how do you view things but at the end of these videos you should at least be able to understand where i'm coming from when i go off on a tangent about how this particular aspect of the soul is involved in this kind of ritual so there you go if you like these videos if you like today's video if you like anything that i do on the channel please give a like to the videos down below give the old thumbs up um i see you guys hit like on facebook i see tons of views like at the time of this uh, recording Heathery 101's up to something like 340 some odd views and so I tons of views But this only got like 22 likes so I see that you guys are watching the videos And some of you are hitting like I need you guys to hit like I need you to comment. I need you to let me know You actually like these things um, So that I know what to continue doing what areas I can do better and what not You know, I need to know which videos are striking your fancy and which ones you're kind of bored with so let me know comment on the sections below, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to my channel, please do hit subscribe. This will keep you up to date as this Soul Complex series comes out. Hit the little bell icon down in the corner, whichever site it is, this flips the video. So um, hit the bell icon, the notification icon, because I have discovered just just hitting subscribe doesn't land everything in your subscription feed. You actually need to hit the notification bell if you wanna see everything that comes out on a channel. Uh, youtube algorithms are getting ridiculous and it's becoming more and more difficult for us to get all of our content out there for you guys to see a lot of times things go unnoticed and don't get discovered until somebody finds it in a search so just kind of putting that out there you can follow the group uh, word weaver productions on facebook that's word weaver productions it's uh, where most of the conversation goes i pop questions up there for you guys i bounce ideas off of y'all. Uh, I know there's a lot of you guys that are subscribed to the channel that are not on it because it's got something like 40 people in the group and there's at the time of this viewing 109 subscribers. So, which by the way, congratulations guys. We hit over 100 subscribers. Awesome. Love it. Uh, Thank you guys. I love it. (laughs) You guys are awesome. Wouldn't be doing this without you guys. So, uh, jump jump on the Facebook group wordweaver productions and then if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at air e underscore shervin that's e underscore s j e r v e n Uh, and then you can email me at eshervin at gmail.com if you got any questions in the meantime hang in there guys we're in for the long haul this is going to be a fun one i think so hey have a good day Hi there. I'm Eric Word Weaver Gothi of the Ridgar Folk here in East Texas. I'd like to welcome you to the Raven's Call. This is a show where I ramble on about different heathen-related subjects and uh, whatever strikes my fancy at the time. So I'd like to welcome you to the first video in the series on the Soul Complex. Now, if you don't understand where I'm coming from and all this, stop this right now. Go back. Watch the uh, preface to the Heathen Soul Complex video, the one that was published right before this. Uh, And this is video one in the series, but you need the preface to understand where I'm coming from and why we're doing what we're about to do. Uh, Again, I will give the disclaimer just so it's in this video like it's in the other one. This is how I see the Soul Complex. This is not how anybody else may see it. Uh, It's very personal, very one-to-one. This is all based on my research, my personal insights, and how I've developed my views over the years, okay? So, take that as it, as it is. Use this to inform your own views and to develop your own stuff, okay? So, <coughs> nonetheless, you will see me reference this great big book over here. Yes, I do do my research and I got stuff that I need to go through and uh, I will be pulling terminology back and forth. Like I said in my previous video, I will use some Old English and some Old Norse words. Part of it is because the Old English, Anglo-Saxon side of things had more codification for the soul. I am a complex guy, so I like codification. I like to give things labels and names and things like that. Uh, And then, of course, some of the elements are Old Norse because I am more Old Norse, Icelandic in my stylings and my aesthetic. Uh, And then, of course, a lot of these things do come from modern constructs, modern understandings of the soul uh, with an application of Old Norse and Old English terminology. Um, which so I kind of utilize some of that as well. So all right, the first section we're going to go into I'm just going to call the mind. Okay. This is something that I am encompassing All of the human psyche aspects Right, this is a part that really fascinates me because I, I, my degree is in psychology And I love to see how all of these different soul elements match up with a neuropsych a sensation and perception Cognitive behavioral aspects all of this. I love how well these jive together And so this is something that really moves me, and I love to see it. So the first section we're discussing is the mind. This is what we're going to use to refer to the entirety of the mental capacity. Everything from thoughts to memories to emotions, all of that is tied up in what we're calling the mind. Now the first area that we're going to cover in the mind is what I'm going to call the min, which is uh, the min is in memory. Uh, Min, M-I-N, min is the area of the soul that governs past experience, memory, uh, things that have been encoded into the brain over time. And this is going to be... It it envelops both an element of short-term memory, but especially long-term memory. Uh, This is... Min is the well of the mind into which memories go, where they are stored. Now, there's another element to the Min, which is kind of a coupling aspect, and this is what we call the Urthank. Uh, the urthank, which is a, uh, it roughly translates to like like orlog, like the primal layer, the urthank or the primal thought. Uh, this is the inherited element of say, um, tribal memory, family memory, that genetic memory that's passed along with the family. These are the instinctual things that are kind of burned into the mind. This is the the it comes on the system as it were. Uh, So, those things that are passed down from ancestor to ancestor to ancestor to us, uh, these little snippets, these little insights, these little wisdoms, these things that even modern medicine and technology is beginning to recognize a a certain element of genetic memory, uh, these are the things that are involved in Urthang, okay? So we have Min, which is where the memory is stored. Uh, There's not a whole lot to that, just because it's simply the memory, this is where things are encoded, this is the well, this is the store, this is where things go. And we're going to come back to this well later on to pull memories up and put them into the working memory here in a little while. But uh, remember, min is the memory. Urthang is the inherited tribal insight or uh, or familial genetic memory. Okay. So, the second aspect of the mind that we're going to discuss is what I call the huger. This is the realm of thought this is the the part of the brain that's associated with say the forefront the forebrain elements plus some of the other active elements of the brain you know with men we have the passive storage of memory Uh, it is it is the well from which we draw the waters that feed the rest of the mind Hüger is where the work is done it's the thought processes it's, uh, it's the active thought and the, the seat of logic in the brain. Keep in mind this is logical thought, this is not dealing with emotion yet, that comes in a separate section. This is logical rational thought, uh, logic centers how these things work. Now, keeping in mind that the hygge itself covers rational logical thought, not emotion and stuff yet. Now We're not getting into the abstract things like that yet. We're talking about just the pure mechanics of thought and the processes from sensation perception all the way up to you know just rational cognitive processing uh, the active part of cognitive processing you know the min is the passive storage huger is the active processing of information and data 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 we're thinking about data in these terms okay um, the first little section under that the first little piece of the huger that I want to discuss is what we refer to as the Angit okay if you ever see me look down over here it's because I'm referencing my notes because uh, I do have a, a notepad right here that I keep coming back to to make sure that I stay on task. Okay, so the Angit is a sensory part of the soul complex. Now, I, know, I, I don't know if I've said it before in this video yet, but I will here just to reiterate if I haven't. Um, I do not see the soul as being separate from the body. Uh, there's, I don't have that dualistic dichotomy element. I see the two as being very intrinsically tied to one another. One cannot exist without the other. Uh, As as such, I would say that uh, I am not taking away functionality from the brain and assigning it to the soul. I am saying that the soul in combination with the body, (laughs) the body and the function of the brain is the physical manifestation of what the soul is doing. So both are needed to achieve this, but these are the soul elements, the soul energies that are feeding those particular processes both within the brain and within the soul. So, yeah. the angit is the sensation and perception center of the brain. The angit is where raw data is brought in and it is processed and shunted out to the rest of the brain to be further processed and synthesized. Now, this mirrors the basic elements of sensation and perception. Uh, Wherein information is brought in through uh, visual, sensory, you know, the visual, tactile, auditory, olfactory senses. You know, when we take all of this raw data, this raw information in, it is processed through the midbrain and out into the rest of the brain. Uh, This is similar to how the angit works. You're talking about sensation and perception, essentially. Raw data is brought into the angit and then that information is... Shunted out throughout the rest of the brain. So this is the the soul complex element that works alongside that uh, the fueling force that helps to assign value and context to these individual stimuli and then shunts them away to the different portions of the mind that they need to go to in order to be processed. So it's kind of a central processing hub of just simply raw data comes in and is sorted out to where it needs to go. Now the second section underneath the hugr that we're going to discuss is what I call the sefa. And the sefa, which is an old English term, uh, this is a, this is what I refer to as the center of thought and reasoning in the brain so you've got the hygge which is the rational side of the brain that encompasses all of these but the section underneath it where the seat of reason is where the seat of consciousness if you will is this is the active point of thought this is where the action is taking place this is the sifa now the sifa roughly takes the role of what the forebrain uh, does within the brain itself and so within the mind it is that active executive functioning it is that portion of the mind that takes the raw data from the Angit and decides what to do with it it pulls memories from the min through a function that we'll see here in just a minute and it decides what to do with it it's active thought so it's it correlates to working memory the RAM in a computer uh, where min is the ROM in the computer So uh, this is the, the the working space where things are going on This is an interaction between RAM and the uh, central processing unit after a fashion uh, So within the brain, this is the active centers of thought the forebrain the executive functions the decision-making the element of Consciousness that we see so that is the Cepha uh, It's said uh, responsible largely for the higher brain functions that we see. Now the next part of the hyger that we're going to discuss is that what we call the wit. Now the wit is active memory retrieval. Uh, someone with a quick wit is someone that can pull something from memory forward. Uh, it's very creative, etc etc because they've got good back and forth contact between the sefa, the thought process and the min, the well Of memory so the wit is that active force of it's the bucket that you're throwing down and cranking back up it's not just the bucket but the active force of retrieval you know it's your gopher Uh, it's the messenger pigeon that carries stuff from the library over to the guy who's working at the desk three buildings over uh, because he needs it right then so the quicker the wit the smarter and faster a person is because the quicker they can respond because they pull from the memory and uh, feed that active thought so that's the wit all right so we have the anget which brings in raw data and we have the sefa, which is the active center of thought the seat of reason where uh, thought processes occur the complex thoughts higher brain functions and then we've got the wit which is that active force that runs between that aspect the hygge and the min to bring the memories up to the surface so that we can access those things okay so that is the wit. The next section of the mind that we're going to talk about, uh, because we've talked about the min, the memory center, we've talked about hüger, the thought center, uh, the next section is kind of a counter to all of the hüger. The it's the other side of the brain. Now, I don't give this one a particular name, at least I didn't stumble across a name for that particular grouping, just that it is a grouping that I throw all of these things into. Uh, Largely because it wasn't I think codified in such a way in anything that I read rather I just kind of lumped them together because it made sense to me. So uh, this is the area of the mold the old and the will okay now Underneath this section uh, what we're going to refer to is the mold the mold is the emotional center of the brain. Now this correlates heavily with the limbic system in the body. So the limbic system would be the physical manifestation of the actions of the mold in the spirit. The mold, M-O-D, and it's the uh, the Icelandic diphthong, D-T-H. I forget what that's called. Anyway, <clears throat> the mold is the center of emotions. This is where emotional data is processed and Emotional value is assigned to things based on what we see and what we interact with, what we find uh, in the world. So, uh, this is an area that is linked heavily to the qualities of boldness and of honor. Um, it's 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 the part that masters the emotions. You know, raw emotional data is informed by hormones. It's informed by adrenaline. It's it's you know, your own natural predispositions on things. Um, these emotions come to rest and come to process in the mold. Now, the mold is what we would call in the psych world the EQ, the emotional quotient, whereas the IQ is seated in the huger. So, you know, the how smart you are, etc., is in dealing in the huger. The stronger the huger, the smarter that you are kind of thing. Um, with the mold, the stronger it is, the more empathic and the more capable you are of processing emotions, okay? Now, not everybody's gonna be in perfect balance on these things. Different people have different elements of the soul that are stronger than others. I have discovered this through my own experiences. Um, Some people have an incredibly strong hygge where they're just smart as a whip, but like no mold, (laughs) no mold at all. They've got no emotional, capacity for understanding you know they feel the emotions but they don't understand them uh, and some of them barely even feel the emotions so the mold encompasses both the sensation aspect of emotion as well as the processing of emotion the assigning of value to the emotions so that's that the next center that we're going to talk about is what i call the odr. the order or it's the o d with the slash r uh, This is an old Norse term that cognates with the term wold now, which is an old English term This is most frequently translated to madness Um, I have seen it described as the divine spark of madness in the soul Uh, This is part of the mind complex, but I don't necessarily see it as being centered in the brain This is what I call the gut, okay? Um, This is this is your gut feeling. This is insight. This is raw pure divine inspiration, okay? This is something that I go back and forth with because I did get into a discussion with a uh, hardcore recon on this here recently. I see the old as a part of the soul complex, as a location within the soul complex. And I see the divine madness that he translates to, this kind of almost possession. Um, For instance, uh, when he references Wold, he is an anglo-saxon either when he references wolves within relation to like the wild hunt uh, there's a processional where the monoblund uh, the young men in the tribe uh, and again I'm not 100% on this because I'm not anglo-saxon so forgive me if I screw some of this up anyway this particular group of young men in the tribe uh, would take on the souls of the ancestors as a processional uh, this is something that seems to be documented throughout history, uh, and they would run through the streets with the masks, and and you know bring the processional through as the wild hunt riding through the village. So, this kind of possession is what he refers to as wold. Now, to me, that is a manifestation of the capacity of the order or the world in the soul complex it is the seat of this divine madness when i see that the gods created mankind when Odin, honor and Loder took ask and Emble and they created them and gave them you know form they gave them life they gave them vitality all of this um this is one of the things that was left behind we're going to come back to Odin giving the divine breath the gift of that 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 Breath of life. Uh, but in doing so, in giving that breath of life, uh, when Olden did this, I feel like, from what I've seen and from my own experiences, that he left behind an ember of divine madness within all of us, that little spark of the divine. And I think that little spark of the divine is actually what sets us apart from the other veytir of the land, uh, that part that drives us to create, because I see creation as the realm of the gods. Now other animals, other here within the world can procreate, and they have limited creation capabilities based on need and necessity uh, within a pragmatic sense. However, abstract creation of art and music and philosophy, these things that, that are the capabilities of mankind as we strive to achieve similarity to the godhood uh, is that that gift from the gods that little spark that sets us a- apart it's that burning need to create that burning need to understand uh, to create new memories to create new ideas things like that uh, it is the old is the seat of that Divine Madness, that is the zone that athletes get into when they reach that altered state of consciousness, Uh, the runner's high, uh, the fighter's zone. Uh, It is the seat of the writer's inspiration when the pen starts to flow and you no longer feel like you're in control, rather that you're channeling what you're writing onto the page Uh, Is the source of a poet's gift. It is where the greatest of musics are born. It's isn't. It, it's an altered state of consciousness, and that is because you shift the thinking from the huger to the uthr. And so you are channeling that divine energy. I see the uthr as kind of a, a gateway between the divine and the, the profane, uh, the, the mortal realm around us. So it's our little piece of the divine which serves kind of as a beacon, a go-between, a, a conduit, if you will, uh, for those divine energies. And so, we channel those out in our most creative fashions. I'm going to come back to the Odr, because this is something that very much fascinates me, something that I very much want to explore in future videos. Um, so, suffice it to say, it's the seat of divine madness, and it is the this, this source of creativity in mankind, drive inspiration, the fire that drives this kind of thing. So that's how I see it, keep in mind, not everybody's gonna see it that way, but this is how I see it and it's essential to understanding some of my worldview as we go along, whatever that matters to you. The next section of the mind that we're going to discuss is that of the will. This is the active force, this is the gift of honor to an will. It is vitality. It is self-determination. It is the drive to put things into action. It is the force that transitions from the mental space into the physical space. It translates all of this into something that the body can use. Okay. It is the drive that turns these things into being. We all know willpower. We all know that the will is something that has its own strength. It is an element of the main, of motor of main, or uh, of might and main. As this, the main is the sum of the spiritual strength of an individual. And this is a very strong part of it. It is the driving force of it. This is the will. You have the will to do something. You know, you can think all day long, but it's will that puts it into force. So, will manages the emotions of the mold. It puts into action the thoughts of the higer, and it tames and directs the raw energies of the Odhr. You know, this this is, the will is the driving force. This is the part of the body, the, 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 the mind-soul complex that pushes forth and really drives things. You know, because each of these different elements Makes up what we know as the mind, the mental capacity, the seat of personality, things like that. And uh, the will is what translates that into reality. It forces from the mental scape into the physical scape uh, through sheer willpower. So, so this is essentially how I see the mind breaking down. You have the mindful right brain and the logical left brain, the thoughtful left brain. So the, the realm of, of moon, which one of Hugen and Munen, Odin's Ravens? Hugen is thought, Munin is memory. And that's the sides that they encompass. You know, Munen encompasses the men, he encompasses the, the mold uh, to a certain element, the older. Uh, and then Hugen, the thoughts of the Huger, and all those active elements. So together they work together to make the mind of the individual that we know. Now, all of this plays a part, you know. When you go in and you start to look at different elements, you know, I, I can correlate things and I will in future videos, I'll kind of discuss these different elements and how they play out. But I kind of wanted to give a, a, kind of a, a basic understanding here that let's say that within the soul complex, if someone has a damaged mental soul aspect part. It would manifest itself in the physical world, in the physical body, in different ways. For instance, if the angit was damaged, a person might inexplicably lose sight or sound, or the inability to recognize certain elements. Like, for example, certain aphasias, would fall under the angit—the the ability to recognize and codify, like faces or different words. These things, you know, when it comes, the raw data comes into the angit. And it doesn't understand how to process or what to do with it uh, it's because that part of the ungut is damaged or weak weakened um, similarly if the min is damaged or weakened in some way we can lose memories um, if the wit is damaged the go-between between the hygge and the min then things aren't put into memory or pulled back from memory effectively so we get our intero and retrograde amnesias as a result There are a lot of different correlational elements to the mind and how the physiological brain works within neuroscience and within psychology in general. And I intend to do some more breakout things on those in the future. If you're interested in them, uh, keep an eye on the channel. I'll pop them up from time to time. But all of these pieces have to work in conjunction together in order for the person to be this happy, healthy, whole heathen that I like to bring up. Uh, so this is just the first section. This is the section of mind uh, We of course have got the sensation perception elements. We've got the active thought processes memory emotion Willpower and then that drive that that divine inspiration that's suited at the uh, what I call the gut your gut instinct So again, I'm gonna do more on the older in the future uh, Especially since I have a particularly unique view of it from what I've seen Um uh, but it's how I see it. So take it or leave it, it's up to you. Now, next portion of the videos that we will do, video uh, number two in this series, will be on the spiritual centers of the soul complex. That'll make a little bit more sense in the next video. So stay tuned, that'll be coming next week. I try to do these on a week-to-week basis with a uh, release date of Wednesdays as I can. Why Wednesday? Eh, because olden, why not? Um, this just won't work for me scheduling wise. That's all I have to have time to process and all that stuff. So, uh, Wednesday just seems to be my day. So, uh, if you like what you see in the videos, please give a like below give the thumbs up uh, shoot a comment in the section disagree with me want to know a little bit more come on shoot me a comment let me know I've had some very interesting conversations with people and comments so far I try to respond to everybody if I can if I can't exactly respond to you at that time I'll at least give you a thumbs up or something to say hey cool thank you for commenting love this uh, even if it's a dissenting view I love to sit and converse now please no trolls but uh, you know because I will delete troll comments sorry guys um, that's not what this is about alright so give a subscription to the channel you know hit subscribe down there if you want to keep up with what's going on but you've got to ding the little bell you gotta ding the notification bell I've discovered that if you don't ding the bell you're not gonna get all the videos uh, notification doesn't uh, just subscribing doesn't put everything in your subscription line you gotta hit notification bell if you want to see everything that comes out. You can catch me on Facebook at Word-Weaver Productions. That's the Facebook group where I come in and discuss these videos that I'm doing. I get insights from you guys, share all my videos there. Uh, And we also use it as a little networking tool amongst the viewing groups out here. Uh, at the time of this video, like I said in my previous one, there's about 109 different viewers and uh, there's like 40 people on the Facebook group. So get out there, join the group and connect with people. You know, Join a conversation. Let's talk about the videos. It doesn't just have to be talking with me. Talk with each other. It's fun. Follow me on, you, uh, on Twitter at uh, E underscore Shervin. Uh, That's S-J-E-R-V-E-N. Or you can email me at uh, esherven at gmail.com. Again, that's E-S-J-E-R-V-E-N at gmail.com. Hit me up with any questions you might have. Uh, Give me some feedback. Let me know what you guys are thinking of the videos. Uh, Don't roast me alive on this one, guys, please. Like I said, this is how I see the soul complex. Uh, And this is just the first part of it. Wait until we get to some of the more abstract stuff. It's going to be fun. So, Hail! Have a good day. Hi there, I'm Eric Wordweaver Shervin, go of the Ridgar Folk here in East Texas. I'd like to welcome you to the Raven's Call. Uh, Those of you that have been watching the show for a while know that I go on about different heathen-related subjects, and uh, this one is the second video. Uh, Official video. There's the prologue and then part one. This is part two of the heathen soul complex Now go back and watch the previous two sections. If you haven't already Uh, Highly recommend watching them in order kind of helps things make sense as we go along, but uh, This video we're going to pick up where we left off in the previous video uh, We talked about the mental aspect of the heathen soul now This one is the second part the spiritual part Uh, Now again, I've said this in all my other videos. I'm going to say this again. This is how I see the heathen soul complex This is not necessarily how anyone else is going to see it Uh, There will be some different views and so just keep in mind that as I go through this and do this lecture That this is all about how I see the heathen soul complex based on my research and my experience. Okay, so Let's delve into the spiritual side of the heathen soul complex now One would say well isn't the entirety of the thing spiritual? It's the spirit in and of itself. Yes, yes, and um, To a certain extent I only say spiritual on this one because this is what we tend to associate more with true spiritual like the the Common aspect of the soul Like previously we talked about the mental capacities of the soul and uh, that non-corporeal Force that is the mental side of things Uh, This side is straight up the spiritual aspect. Um, It'll make more sense as we go along. One term that I like to use in relation to the soul is the Firth. Uh, This is a term that uh, basically encompasses the non-corporeal, the immaterial, the non-physical aspects of the heathen soul complex. Arguably, you could actually lump in the mental aspects, uh, mental, uh, spiritual, and the Orlog aspects into the Firth, but I tend to refer to it mostly as the spiritual side of things. So when I'm talking about the Firth, uh, just keep in mind that I'm talking about the part of the heathen soul that is not the physical body, and I'm usually not bringing in the, the mental capacity with that either. Sometimes. Anyway. The first thing that we're going to talk about, as far as the spiritual side, is what's called the hammer. Now, the hammer or Hama uh, is the, it's best described as an energy skin that contains the non corporeal form of the spirit. Uh, some would call this the astral body, some would call it the spirit, the geist, the ghost. Um, a lot of times, when you talk about like uh, shamanistic experiences in other cultures, Uh, And some of the seed work that we talk about in Norse and Icelandic Anglo-Saxon heathenry in general Um, This is the form that is sent out when someone is said to be able to send their soul out send their spirit out or send their mind out In a form this is that form Um, This would also be like for those that can read auras and see auras the hamr would be that aura skin uh, that coincides with the body So the two can be separated uh, for short periods of time, and when they are separated, the body is said to lie lifeless uh, and immovable. And uh, this you will find in several of the sagas, particularly when a practitioner of the arts is sending their spirit out uh, frequently in the form of an animal or in humanoid form. The Hamr is said to be able to shift forms because it is non corporeal It's not necessarily bound by the same physics as the material world so a lot of the stories of shape changers and things like that this is the Hamr that is actually changing form and going forth in the spirit realm now if you've watched my other videos you'll know that I see like a breakdown of the worlds for Midgard there is the physical world in which we exist, and I also see the spiritual world that coincides. This is still part of profane space, uh, i.e. there's the sacred and the profane, sacred being of the gods and goddesses, profane being everything else. This is all of Midgard, and uh, that's not just Earth to me, that's all of our reality. So that includes the other planets, planes, outer space, all of that. Um, I count all of this as Midgard. Now, the spiritual form, the, the hammer exists in that spirit side of things um yet coexists with the body so it's our our soul aspect that is on the other side of the veil but still is us and tied to the physical body and we'll get to that here in just a second so that is the Hamr. next we're going to discuss what i call the OMD, which is the breath of life this was olden's gift to us uh, to ask an ember when he gave life to the sticks that he found on the beach now the owned is that breath of life that spark that um, When Odin gave life to us and he breathed it into us What that did essentially is it tied the Hamr spirit to the physical body which we'll get to here in another video And there is a tether between the two that keeps them tied. Uh, This is the Ond. This is where the life force comes from. This is that spark of life. This is that animating force that fills our bodies and connects our souls, well, the immaterial aspects of the souls, to the physical body, Uh, the physical body itself is still part of the soul. Again, we'll get to that in the next video. The Ond itself is pure life energy. This is that, that animating force, like I said before, that ties the hammer to the body. And so when a person dies, for example, uh, the Ond dissipates. This is that life force leaving the body, the dying breath, wherein the breath of life escapes the body. And if you look in the sagas, you will see a lot of references to draugar. Uh, Draugr, of course, the heathen interpretation of zombies, uh, they're a little bit different than what you will see mm-hmm. in other cultures and different areas of the world. Uh, blackened skin usually, acceler- a heightened strength, mm-hmm. things like that, uh, and usually not a good disposition. Um, in theory, based on the heathen soul complex, this could arise from the fact of the Owned separating from the hammer and the body, but not dissipating completely, leaving animating force while the rest of the spirit dissipates and goes on. Um, in my personal beliefs, keep in mind this is all just how I see it, uh, upon death the physical body returns to Emir's flesh, to the earth, to be reincorporated and reused in Midgåth. Meanwhile the hammer is the part that will dissipate and go on to other locations. We don't even know for certain what that may be. Uh, this may be the portion of the soul that goes on to Valhalla, in those instances uh, where that is the case, or on to or into Helheim, etc., etc., etc. It's also theoretically possible that this is the portion of the soul that re-enters the earth and uh, becomes the... Ancestral spirits tied to two specific areas. So when we are talking about ancestral spirits for the most part uh, the Hamr is the part that we're most likely dealing with uh, The ond itself being that animating force that ties the two when it separates if that Animating force is still remaining with the body then the body lacks the soul complex that gives it the personality uh, and, and the fullness of spirit And what memories may exist, still locked within the brain, uh, remnants of the mind when it was there, these may influence the actions of this now animated dead body that wanders around. Now, a lot of you are going to be like, you can't possibly actually believe in Droga. This is folk tales and fairy tales. Listen, they're folk tales and fairy tales for a reason, so write me off as crazy if you want to, but I see possibilities, uh, especially from a spiritual standpoint. So. The OND is that that connection, that life force. Now in a uh, sad case, in dealing with things like stillbirth, uh, still stillbirth would come from a lack of the owned solidifying between the physical body and the hammer, thusly not giving animating force to the body. Uh, and resulting in stillbirth. So uh, this is yet another way that the soul complex interacts with the physical life that we see around us. So in a lot of those cases where it's hard to understand why something would go awry in the womb, uh, the way I see it is that uh, it's very likely the old didn't solidify and thus the hammer couldn't seat with the physical body to give birth to full healthy baby so anyway that's that one that is the old that is the breath of life and the animating force of the body it's a tether between the hammer and the physical body Um, this actually appears in a lot of like media uh, different cinematic elements uh, that will show a, a representation Of this tether of the immaterial to the physical body Um, I know a lot of you guys out there like to watch anime and things like that if you've ever seen the anime Bleach uh, there is a very similar thing where the astral body is the soul is separated from the body and there is a physical chain bari- uh, binding the body to the spirit in that instance. Uh, it can be severed and thus does the body die. Uh, it's more complex in the show, but uh, that that's a good visual representation, that chain binding the spirit to the physical body. Uh, that's thats what I would describe as the Ond. Okay? So, that is the Ond. The next section that we're going to discuss is the elder This is the section of the... Spirit uh, that is the span of life. Now, eh, for lack of a better term, it's the spiritual battery. It's how much gas is in the tank. At the time that the Ond sets the hammer to the physical body, uh, the Aldr is started, the timer starts. And once life begins, uh, there is a set timer on how long we can exist. There is a fullness of this energy. This energy cannot be extended beyond its stay. This is set by the Norns. Uh, This is your span of life. This is what you are given. Now, actions that we can undertake and uh, choices that we make in life can impact our alder. We can gamble our alder. We can go into battle and face off against an enemy. We can gamble it. And if we lose, we lose that life. Alder can be terminated early but it cannot be extended beyond its fullest capacity. The human body, once it has lived to a certain extent, just can't make it anymore. And the battery runs dry, and the body dies out. Now frequently, especially in modern society, we don't see this happening all that often. Most of the time, uh, folks still die with a little bit of gas in the tank, uh, usually due to complications with the physical body. Uh, and then sometimes other soul problems that will lead to an early demise, but There's nothing that we can do that will extend the elder beyond its fullest capacity you can Feasibly eke a little bit out at the end, but it's not like you're actually extending the elder all you're doing is utilizing technology medicine, etc, etc, etc to push the car a little bit further on the few fumes that are left in the tank but eventually the tank runs dry and the the body can no longer keep going the soul can no longer drive so that is the alder. that is our our life span so the old is the life force but the alder is the span that is how long we have and when it runs dry it runs dry the next part of the spiritual complex that I want to talk about is what I call the ferah. Now, the ferra F-E-R-A-H, the ferra is the tree soul. Now if you look at the origin story of Ashkenemble, Olden, Honor, and Lothar found sticks on the beach, and they imbued them with life mentality, the spark of life in general, gave them shape, physical form. And the ferra is that soul of the tree before we became what we are now. The gods took what essentially were vetir spirits in the trees and gave them shape and form, shaped them, twisted them into what we know as mankind now. The Fera is that original soul and all the other elements are the twists and tweaks that the gods did to the soul complex to create what we are. Now I see, as I've said in my science and heathenry uh, video, that I see uh, this as evolution, after sort, Uh, the story of Ashken Embla. I see as being, taking place in sacred time. To the gods, this would be a mere blink of an eye, the amount of time that it takes to physically shape, twist, and then breathe life into. For them it could have been mere moments. But for us, here in the profane world, uh, time would pass differently. And so it stands to reason that what would be a blink in the eye to the gods, who are eternal, uh, relatively, <laughs> uh, to the gods in sacred time, this short period of time to us would seem like an eon. Uh, we take a great deal of time to, for us to perceive what the gods had created. So the evolution of mankind over time is the gods crafting Ashknebla and that taking effect in the profane world uh, and giving form, taking shape over time uh, until we see what we are now. So all of that saying, there is a remnant of that Vatir spirit from which we were elevated uh, by the gods. And no one knows exactly why the gods chose to do what they did. Uh, why did the gods come through and gift us with uh, with Odr and with you know that divine madness that sets us apart from the other of the Earth, we don't know. I mean, it, it. There are numerous theories as to why. I can do an entire video just rambling on about those particular uh, theories myself. So, but essentially, this is the part of the wild that is still in us. This is our tie to the Vaytir. This is that that seated instinct that seat of that that primal animal that's within us um, this is going to sound crazy to some of you guys but I know that some of you out there know that uh, you sometimes feel like there's an animal inside um, Some it's a bear, a wolf, a raven, whatever um, this is to me the spirit animal that a lot of other cultures see and and, and associate with as a spirit guide etc 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 we have something similar in the philia but we'll get to that one in the Orlog video okay I do not see that one as exactly the same because that is a little bit different that is an entirely separate soul entity this is our naturally inherited inclinations based on that primal soul that that feral soul so Fera feral in My mind, that's not actually the translation, but just roll with me on this, okay? So, the fera is that vetir spirit, it is that tie to the land, it is that tie to the animals. I see individuals who are incredibly gifted mentally, uh, who have strong hydr, strong mean, and their mind complex is just powerful. And then I see other individuals who are stronger in the fera part of their soul, they're very tied to the tier, almost naturally so, um, or preternaturally so. And it's incredible to watch them. Um, I know one very near and dear to my heart, as a matter of fact, who I call my little Disney Princess, because she can step out and within a few minutes have a wild squirrel eating out of her hand. I have witnessed with my own two eyes her take a completely feral cat who has never interacted with humans as far as we know, and within moments, literally like less than 20 minutes, had this cat in her lap, petting on her, and then the cat followed her up to the house to feed. Uh, this is uh, it, this is a person whose fera is extremely strong. Um, good hunters and, and and people that are natural survivalists, people that uh, horse whisperers, you know, the the ones that you know operate like a wolf pack. You know, that's a strong fera inside. Uh, whereas the mind complex is that of. Order and abstract thought, uh, similar to the interactions the gods have, because the gods are gods of order, uh, onto chaos uh, in shaping the world, shaping us, etc., etc., etc. This is the Fera. This is the wild. This is that chaotic natural world uh, and the natural laws by which it exists. So that's that's the Fera. Uh, that one I can go on about for a while as well. So I find it very fascinating. Uh, we will touch back on that at another time So, but that is the Fera. Alright that completes the sections that I lump into the spiritual side of the soul complex, the spirit form um, so we've got the hammer, the Ond, the alder and the Fera mm-hmm. these are the soul aspects of the more traditional spirit that we are accustomed to. So you've got the hammer which is the astral body, the, 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 the spirit the ghost, the Geist. Uh, you've got the Ond, which is the tie that binds the spirit to the physical body. And then you've got the Aldr, which is the lifespan, the battery. And you've got the Fera, which is that tree soul, that spirit soul, that Vetir spirit. Uh, so this sums up the spiritual side of things we've touched on the mental we've touched on the spiritual now in the next video we're going to discuss the physical aspect of the soul complex this will be a shorter one because there's just not as much to that but still interesting nonetheless so if you like these videos please hit like on the video below do hit like on the youtube video so i can track whether or not you guys actually enjoy these things or if I'm just talking to dead air. I get to see the views, I can look at how long you guys are watching the videos, but that doesn't tell me anything about how you actually enjoy them. So please, hit like. If you want to keep up to date on all the things that I'm doing, keep up with this particular series as well as others that I do in the future, hit the subscribe button down below. There's also a little bell next to it. Hitting subscribe will subscribe you to my channel, but it won't give you all of the updates. YouTube changed their algorithm some time back, and so now not everything that pops up on a page will show up in the subscription feed. You have to hit that notification button to get notifications anytime I put something new up. Ding the bell and uh, stay up to date with what's going on. You can follow me on Facebook at Word Weaver Productions. It's Word-Weaver Productions. It's an open group. Jump in there. Join the conversation. I know there's a lot more people that subscribe to the page than are on the Facebook group. I'd love to see you all on there. I'd love to have you interact, talk to each other, get to know each other. Um, i love to use this as a networking tool so you guys can get to know one another. So join the group. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at e underscore Shervin. That's S-J-E-R-V as in Victor, E-N. You can also email me at eshervin at gmail.com. So in the meantime, hang on. The next video will be out next week. Like I said, I'm trying to keep these on a weekly update schedule. So I hope you enjoy them. And in the meantime, have a good one. I'm Eric Word Weaver-Shervin, go of the Ridgar Folk here in East Texas. I'd like to welcome you to The Raven's Call. It's the show where I ramble on about different heathen-related subjects, uh, some more introductory, some more advanced and abstract. Today is the third video in the soul complex. Uh, we have done previously the mental and spiritual aspects. Today we're gonna touch on the physical. So uh, please, if you haven't seen the previous videos, go back and watch those. And like I've said in the previous videos, Uh, This is my interpretation. This is informed by my research and by my experience. Uh, It is not reflective of everyone's view. Uh, No two people are going to see it exactly the same. And similarly, no two tribes viewed things exactly the same way back in the day, okay? So, here we go. Now, the physical body itself still comprises part of the soul complex, okay? It is a spirit form in and of itself. It just exists in the material world, as opposed to, say, the hammer or firth, which exists more in the spiritual world. I see the mind as existing kind of between those two barriers, and the ond is the bridge, the gap. Okay. Now, the physical body, the physical form, is what I refer to as the lich. Uh, this is something that we're all familiar with uh, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, lich literally refers to just the physical body, the corpse, the the, the base material that is animated by the spirit. So, the lich is how the spirit interacts in the physical world. We've got, you know, the spirit world where the hammer can go out and interact in that realm, uh, but the the lich is how we interact in the physical world. And again, the lich is tied to the hammer by the ond, by that part of the spirit that ties the two together. The lich itself is the physical being. It is. Purely our physical body. Now, we touched before on the Alder, the length of life, the battery, uh, the spiritual battery that powers the body. Now, uh, like I said before, with the Alder, there are things you can do that will shorten the span of the Alder, spend things unnecessarily, or you can gamble it and lose that life altogether. Uh, the physical body is where a lot of this comes in. Uh, choices that we make regarding how the body is. Handled uh, our general health, our sleeping habits, our eating habits, etc., 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 all deal with how well this vehicle we're driving around works. And the more problems that we have with the vehicle, the more all that it's going to take to drive said vehicle. So, you know, poor choices in life that result in, you know, excessive weight gain or poor health choices in general. That lead to ailments, etc., etc., can run the body down, and that, in its end, will spend alder quicker, and you can end up dying as a result thereof. Similarly, uh, unforeseen accidents, things like uh, car accidents, or you know even forcing things like death and battle can ultimately end the life because the physical body no longer is capable of operating, it breaks beyond the use. So the physical body is just as necessary as the spirit body in order to keep things in balance. So for a happy healthy heathen, happy healthy whole heathen, uh, you need to have the physical body in good shape as well as the spirit body. Uh, the balance between the two will help you to extend the alder uh, to as, as much of it as you can eke out. We're not all great at this. Uh, it's very easy in today's, especially Western society, to neglect those things. I myself do not do everything that I should do, and I should be in better shape than I am. So, mm, something I need to tend to. Uh, the physical body inherits things similarly to how the soul inherits things. Uh, the soul through urthank and through orlog which we'll touch on in the next video can inherit uh, ailments or shortcomings or things like that predispositions and whatnot the physical body of course through genetics uh, can inherit ailments of all sorts weak heart weak lungs weak back whatever it may be and all of these things can impact just how far you can drive the thing before the wheels fall off Uh, that is the lich that is the physical form so when we go through and we talk about the soul complex it's just as important to talk about the physical body because the physical body fuels the soul complex and the soul complex fuels the body the two feed off of one another there's a saying in the lore matroq uh, main uh, this is matroq might and main now the might is the full force of the physical body This is what you can bring to bear physically. The main is the full summation of the spiritual strength of the soul. So together the two can be combined to go to greater heights than the physical body would be able to by itself, just on sheer muscle mass, or, or anything like that. These are where stories of heroes come from. Those that are able to harness their might and their main and bring them together to overcome feats that people would never think they could be able to. We've all heard the stories of you know, the mother that would lift a car up off of her husband or her child because the adrenaline surges through her body and she just reaches down and snatches the car up and yanks them out before dropping it down. She's completely spent afterwards, and half broken and worn down, but by combining the might and the main, the this, this strength of the spirit and the strength of the body, she's able to overcome what would be normal physical balance, because normally her body would not be able to lift that. Uh, but bolstered by the main, the might becomes even more and then she can overcome in the stories of dragon sigurd the dragon slayer in in beowulf and all these other stories that we've got in the lore these heroes overcome incredible feats and fight incredible monsters and they do so by bringing the fullness of their might and main to bear so a person can have an incredible main incredible spirit strength but a weak lich won't be able to adequately Utilize those things and won't be able to utilize that energy to its fullest uh, so the might aspect doesn't equal the main and It doesn't translate into the physical world Well, uh, if it does it's at a weakened point because this isn't pulling its weight so Matro main is a thing that it's the balance between the physical and the spiritual So, the essence of what I'm trying to take away from this particular aspect here is that the physical body needs to be tended to just as much as the spiritual body. If a person wants to be all the heathen that they can be, then they don't have to be a paragon of, you know, physical stature. They don't have to be, you know, some some Norse god in full vigor. But the body needs to be kept in fairly decent shape if you're going to be able to keep going and be able to use the spirit energy to its fullest. The two have to balance. One another, and through that on through that connection, be able to bring the fullness to bear. Uh, we touched before in the mind about the will, the will which puts into action the thoughts and memories and, and choices, decisions of the mind. Uh, it is the operating mechanism that runs the lich. Okay, the, the spirit complex will fuel the lich, but. The pilot seat is up in the mind aspect. So all of this that we do, the will brings to bear and drives the actual physical body uh, to do what it needs to do. So this one's a little bit shorter because the full capacity of the physical aspect is the lich. We know a great deal about the lich because of medical science, because of genetic histories, sciences, these things. Um, it is a physical tie to our ancestry passed down through genetics to your specific genetic line your specific family line uh, But it is not the only aspect uh, There are aspects of the other the the first that are passed on through family lines as well uh, Those are not necessarily tied to bloodlines either. There's evidence in the lore that a person who's fostered or adopted into a family, brought into the weird of that family, can inherit Orlog uh, from that family line as well. So while the physical body ties to a specific genetic line, the rest of the soul complex can actually bring from the extended family through oath and through adoption, fostering all those things, the, the weird ties, the Orlog ties, can bring those in as well and all of that can have an effect on the physical body we talked before about the impact of mind on body of uh, the spirit on body like the failure of the owned to set with the lich in prenatal uh, in, in the womb can lead to stillbirth there's other ways that the firth can interact with the lich and have an impact as well uh, certain things within the mind can have an impact on how well the body operates uh, foggy mind uh, Weakened will can impact your ability to physically control the lich, control the body. Um, similarly, weakened soul aspects in the Firth and uh, the Hammer or the Old can have an impact on the body as well. Look at end of life, somebody who, by all means, should be physically fit, uh, the body's running perfectly, you know, all of this. Uh, the Alder eventually runs out. And then the body begins to decay and, and break down upon itself until it just can no longer do it. So the lich itself is impacted by the rest of the soul complex, but it also impacts the rest of the soul complex as well. If you're not feeding the body, then if you're not taking care of the body, then those other aspects begin to suffer, especially when it comes to things like the mind, which kind of bridges the gap between the spiritual and the physical. So that's the lich, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Stay tuned. The next section is going to be Orlog. That's the elements of the soul complex that are inherited uh, various reasons. This one's particularly interesting. It gets kind of out of the norm, and I really like where that goes. Uh, this one's of course shorter than the others by virtue of the fact that it's just the body. Uh, if you want to know more about the lich, then take an anatomy and physiology class, uh, any kind of health-related stuff. The big thing is just if you feel good, then you're going to be able to connect with the rest of the soul complex as well. Similarly speaking, uh, there's a whole different study on altered states of consciousness through physical exertion, through certain chemical compounds, through sleep deprivation. Uh, these are things where you can push the body in such a way that you will shift the mind and be able to perceive things differently, um, be able to touch into things like seeth work and, and be able to read weird. Things like that. So, there's a lot of different ways that the lich interacts with the soul. And so, in the next one, we will, of course, like I said, touch on Orlog, and we'll get to that here in another week. So, if you like these videos, please hit like below, uh, subscribe to my channel. But subscribing is not enough, as I've said before, and I won't belabor the topic. Hit the notification bell so you can stay up to date on everything. Uh, Just hitting subscribe isn't enough. Follow me on Facebook at word weaver productions. Uh, It's an open group. Everybody can join in. Great networking. uh, Lots of fun. So join in. Love to see you there. And then you can follow me on Twitter. Not that I use it a whole lot. I'm not great at Twitter, but E underscore Shervin. That's S-J-E-R-V-E-N. You can also email me at eshervin at gmail.com if you've got any questions. All right. In the meantime, you guys hang in there. Have a good one. See you next time. I'm Eric Ward, Weaver Shervin, go of the Ridgar Folk here in East Texas. Uh, This is The Raven's Call. I'd like to welcome you to the show. This is where I ramble on about different heathen-related subjects. And uh, this is the fourth in the series on the soul complex. Uh, We've previously touched on the mental aspects of the soul, the spiritual aspects, the physical aspect, and now we will touch on what I call the Orlog aspect. This is not an official title for the soul areas. This is just how I choose to divide it for lack of a better term now as i've said before this is simply how i see the soul complex please get out there do your own research uh look into it see how you feel about it do not take this as you know hard set in stone this is the way that it is i'm not one of those you're doing it wrong guys all right i'm one of those that's like take all the information you can and then figure it out for yourself so i'm just kind of seeding the waters for a little bit and getting people to uh, think a little bit on the soul complex and why it's important to heathen So, Orlog. Now, Orlog itself is part of weird. It is the summation of all inherited luck and weird that coalesces into our current lives. Essentially, in the tapestry of our lives, The starting point in the tapestry of history where our story begins and we take action. Everything before that is Orlog. The actions of all of our ancestors, the circumstances that befell them, the choices that they made, the positive, the negative, the luck that they've gained to pass on in the family. uh, All of these things sum up in Orlog. It is the inherited luck and weird that comes before our now. Okay? Uh, Everything that we do gets seeded into Orlog and passed on into future generations. Uh, So this is why I call this particular section Orlog because Orlog is a part of it Orlog is the the whole of the soul is influenced by Orlog uh, by our particular Orlog and you know of course Orlog translates to the primal layer the first layer put down in the well uh, the primal law, uh, the, the, that which is set in stone before us and cannot be changed. Uh, our history, for lack of a better term. Uh, this section touches on several different aspects of the soul complex that are inherited by nature or have some kind of inherited element to them. Um, so this is, uh, gets a little abstract, so stick with me on this one, okay? The first area that we're going to talk about within the Orlog section is luck. Now, this is luck with a capital L. This is heathen luck. This is not the mere happenstance that it has come to be known as in Western society today. This is not simply uh, good luck at, say, the the boats, at uh, shooting craps or playing cards, things like that. This is not the gambler's luck. This is not dumb luck. This is luck. This is a store of psychic energy that is... And psychic and spiritual energy that is tied to the soul and travels with the soul. Luck is inherited through the orlog. We'll touch a little bit on exactly how here in a little bit. But once we've inherited that luck, we then increase or decrease that store of luck through our actions and deeds. Good, right deeds in life will help to build that luck. Uh, bad deeds, misdeeds, you know, things that damage our our standing in society, whether or not people trust us, things like that, have a negative impact on our luck as a whole. Luck is very much cause and effect. It is when you do good things and you have a strong store of this psychic, spiritual energy, this luck built up within you, within your spirit, within your soul, you then, good things tend to happen. When you engage in a venture, uh, because you've made good choices before, you're more likely to succeed in this particular venture you're more likely to know the things you need to know you're more likely to look for the things that you need to look for you're also more likely to have the help and assistance of other people to bring this venture into fruition uh, and be successful in what you do luck can like i said be it is inherited through the orlog you can inherit a good store of luck which means that you will start off in life at a good point and then you can build on that by doing good things, and then you can also squander it by doing foolish things. Now, someone who has inherited a good standing in life, good social status from their parents, uh, maybe they were born with money, maybe they were born into a, you know, a high standing in society, things like this, family, business, all of that, uh, they can squander all of that by not paying attention to the things that matter and uh, negligently letting those things go without actively feeding and building them. And then their luck, Diminishes as a result until they may have nothing left. Similarly, you can take those things and build them to heights that uh, Were previously unthought of uh, simply because you're building on the shoulders of giants as it were You're building on the luck that you inherited through your Orlog from your family now Similarly, you can start off with bad luck a poor store of luck because it was squandered in previous generations And the end result the cause and effect is that you do not have that store of luck in and of yourself And then through your actions you begin to either battle that and try to build up that store of luck counteracting the negative luck that you have inherited or you can you know further squander it and just watch it get even worse so uh, luck is a complex thing it's not something that I can simply break down in just a couple of minutes on a particular video I could ramble on for quite some time about luck but it is still a very important part of the soul complex it impacts how our weird plays out uh, based on where our orlog comes from so Luck is something that we constantly are mindful of. It's also not just tied to a specific individual. There's the luck of the family, tri- the family, the clan, that everything that comes before you, or log that you've inherited, and you're gifted with at the beginning of your life, and then is built on or degraded throughout your life by your actions. That is one form of luck. There's also a tribal luck that tends to follow uh, family units, uh, clans, tribes, and this tribal luck seats within a patriarch or matriarch and uh, can be doled out to help build the luck of the tribe. And essentially, like within modern context, uh, when the members of a tribe do good things and they build their store of luck, the portion of their luck that feeds the tribal luck makes the luck of the tribe stronger. And then that luck can be shared out amongst the tribe when somebody needs just a little extra oomph. On something so this again a complex discussion topic that we'll come back to in some detail in future videos but uh, that is an introduction a very very short very very rudimentary primer on luck uh, I know I've skipped over some things guys especially you all that know your stuff and have been around a while it's a it's a primer okay <laughs> roll with me on this one now continuing on the concept of luck Let's talk about the Filge, all right? The Filge is a separate soul that is tied to our soul complex. This is a companion that walks alongside us. It's frequently represented in some kind of animal form, uh, and often, I have seen in some instances at least, where it's listed as being of an opposite gender to the individual. Uh, I'm not sure that that's so much a thing. I've seen it a couple of times. I don't put a whole lot of stock into it because the filia itself being a spiritual soul is not necessarily tied to gender and necessarily the way that the physical body is. Um, So I think it's uh, more about the nature of the energies tied to said filia, said soul. And so the filia is an animal spirit that is tied specifically to our family line. This is something that's passed down between you and your ancestors and others in your line it's one entity there are likely very many that follow along a family line Uh, but this is the one that accompanies you and it walks alongside you and its job is to dole out the luck that you've inherited from your luck it will feed you luck from the family line and It will do so based on your actions and your deeds if you do good things then of course it feeds out more because you're building a store of luck through your actions and your deeds as well now if you become a drain on the family luck line the filia itself can diminish the amount of luck that you pull from the line uh, to keep you from bleeding the well dry. Similarly, the filgia can be so disgusted with your negative actions that it can cut you off entirely and abandon you at that point in time. Uh, you are completely devoid of your inherited luck, and life becomes extremely difficult. Um, now, as far as seeing one's filgia, this is something that's referenced in the lore uh, a couple of times, and the gist of what I've seen, in essence, is that the filia is visible to us only in moments near death like a harbinger of the death kind of like a banshee in an uh, in Irish mythology um, if you see if one sees their filia it means that they see their impending doom and they will likely die very shortly thereafter um, but another turn another turn on that is that uh, it can be seen in the dreamscape Uh, when the mind passes over more into the spiritual world and you get visions and things like that. Um, I've known a number of people over the years that have indicated they have met their filia in a dream. Uh, I myself have met mine once, but only once, and that was when I was a child. Uh, It hasn't happened since then. But that filia still walks with us, It's still a piece of us, and still is a part of our souls. Uh, It's... A separate entity it's not necessarily part of our soul that's part of the complex because it's like our it's like another tribe member of the soul tribe <laughs> it's part of the complex so this filia the spirit walks alongside us doles out our family luck and records our actions and our deeds they are our scribe that follows us through life and records our deeds into the well of weird then to or well and it is through that report that our filia gives that our legend lives on after us. So, uh, this again is another section that could be built into a video in and of itself as it's just about everything in this particular uh, video. (laughs) So this is just a very short primer on what the filia is and the role that it plays within the soul complex. So, uh, get out there, do some research, look into it, and uh, learn a little bit more about it. It's a fascinating aspect of the soul, and one that you will find a lot more written on, uh, varying, varying views on uh, interpretation of both lore and individual experience. So, The last part of the Orlog section that I want to discuss is what I call the Hamnya. Now, the Hamnya is frequently translated as luck. Um, I I feel it's an oversimplification. In the research that I've done, and in my looking and seeing, the hamanya is the familial luck, that tribal luck, that I was referencing to before. Um, There's some individuals that will cross over the hamanya with the Filgyá, because the Filgyá doles out the luck that you've inherited from the orlog, based on your family line. Now, the hamanya is different, though. The hamanya is something... Extra at least how I see it other people will contest this so I get it. All right I understand there's more than one way to look at this the way that I see it is that the hamanya is That store of tribal energy that sits with the head of the tribe or head of the clan now It's pretty easy to tell who has the Hamanya in the family because they function as the de facto matriarch or patriarch of the clan now When, when he was still alive, my grandfather, Oscar, was undoubtedly the holder of the Hemenya for our family because he was the one that kept the family together. Everything centered around him and he was naturally the patriarch of the clan. Uh, Since his death, it has moved on. And uh, this is a key point on the Hemenya. Not everybody necessarily inherits this part of the soul complex. Uh, in the lore, it mentions in some of the Eddas and Sagas that, I think the Sagas specifically, uh, that the Hamanya is frequently represented as a warrior woman, something akin to what we know of as the image of Valkyrie passed on uh, and influenced by you know media and opera and everything else over the ages. Uh, but this armor-clad warrior woman, larger than life, And she is the holder of the family luck, the holder of the tribal luck, specifically, because it's greater than just one family. It's the tribe. It's the clans together, all brought into one. Now, she, upon the death or the stepping down of a patriarch or matriarch, will then take that store of luck, and she will present herself to the gaining head of the clan, head of the tribe, and they will then step up into that role of matriarch patriarch Um, it is represented in the writings as something of a vision of this grand woman and interestingly enough she can be accepted or turned away based on what i've read Uh, there are instances in the writings wherein an individual is said to have turned away the harmony because he did not want the mantle of leadership for his tribe and he didn't either he didn't feel he was worthy or He just didn't want that and so as a result she turned from him and went to another individual whose role it would then be to lead the tribe. Now most of us aren't aware of the point in time when a Hamanya seats with someone uh, it just they naturally rise up to become the leader of said family or some tribe and it's organic it's natural once the Hamanya seats with them there's pretty much nothing you can do at that point as long as they're good and they're true and the Hominya continues to see them as worthy uh, they will rise to that leadership position naturally within the the tribe and uh, they will be the seat of luck for that tribe they can then dole out portions of that luck to members of the tribe as is fed by the Hamanyah. so like within a tribe and within heathen context today uh, the Hominya for a tribe would be this spirit that holds the tribal luck together which is a summation of the luck from all of the different families and clans that comprise this tribe and through the the leader of the tribe through the matriarch or patriarch uh, they would dole this out and then that could be shared with these other individuals to go with the luck of the tribe to give them an extra little oomph in what they need to do Uh, because the tribe itself survives beyond the individual the luck of the tribe survives beyond the individual members, the individual people alive in that moment. Uh, This is passed on into future generations of the tribe. So, as far as whether or not new Hemenya are born or created or latch onto new tribes as they are formed, That's an interesting conversation point that I'd like to explore uh, in future uh, because I definitely see tribal luck building around these modern heathen tribes that are growing and uh, and developing both here in America and overseas. And so it's interesting to me to see this and to see these stores of luck build and grow and begin Uh, in future generations. I think that we will see Haminya, Carrying this luck on future now. I have an interesting theory that the Hamania is somehow tied to the DC of a family line uh, the the matriarchal mothers of the line and that it is That the sole aspect that passes that on is from that mothering uh, the the mothers of the line uh, that pass it on and Guard it and keep it safe because they are guarding it. They're keeping it safe That's the warrior woman aspect of it is that they are the sentry the guard that watches over the luck and prevents it from being squandered and prevents it from being poisoned so a leader who is not right by their by their clan by their tribe by their people uh, can be abandoned by the Hamania, and the hamanya can take on with someone else who will then rise up to the leadership position the individual who has been abandoned will frequently then fall away uh, be dethroned etc 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 so that's the Hamania. again very brief primer there's a whole lot more to it and then what I can sum up in this little video uh, but I could do an entire video in and of itself on the Haman so in conclusion this sums up the Orlog aspect of the soul complex this is the final and fourth video of the soul complex now I will do future videos on how the soul interacts with the body etc 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 and some applications in ritual uh, I want these to be out there for a little bit for people to think on them and whatnot uh, digest them a bit before I start throwing out things uh, that are a bit more abstract and out there but I am driven by these ideas and I want to share them with the world and see if you guys like them if you want to... You know, you know, conversation pieces so stay tuned in future videos and we'll see where this goes I'm very excited uh, about having completed this particular line of projects this was a lot of prep work uh, and, and the Soul Complex is not a simple thing to try and boil down into a series of videos. Uh, it's far more complex, and complex uh, than can be summed up in a simple video, hence why there's four of these bad boys and uh, none of them are particularly short. So, uh, viewed it all together, this thing is over an hour long. So, this is my primer on the Heathen Soul Complex. Uh, again, to sum up, we've got the mental aspects, the spiritual aspects, the physical aspect, and the Orlog aspect of the soul that all come together to create one central, one complex of soul elements that comprise us here and now. Uh, the way this plays out is that all of these different pieces come together in the here and now to make us who we are. Beyond this point, when we die and these soul elements fall away, even if these soul elements are then reused in future humans, it's not the exact combination that make us here and now. We are the only time in all of time that all of these elements are together exactly as they are now. With your orlog that we've inherited, with the weird that we're feeding in, uh, the choices that we make. This is us. This is us now. So. It's extremely important that we talk about the soul, that we talk about how the soul interacts on a ritual level, how it interacts on a physical level. Um, Soul health is important just as is physical health because the two are one and the same. So we have to talk about these things if we want to be that hashtag happy, healthy, whole heathen. If you want balance in your life, you need to balance the elements of your soul. And one of the great things I see about tribe is that individuals within a tribe will have differing areas of the soul that they're more gifted in that they have stronger elements in somebody may have a strong fera which makes them great with the land makes them great with animals etc 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 while somebody else may have a wonderful mind and be able to bring the full bear of research and insight and all of that together and as a whole the luck built by these individuals and all of these different soul elements feed the tribe itself and the tribe then grows stronger and stronger and so The more we bring to bear and the more tightly knit the souls within a tribe are, the stronger that tribe will be in the long run. So, like I said, I can ramble on for quite some time about these specific subjects. Um, We're gonna go ahead and draw it to a close here. I thank you for your time. I thank you for watching this particular run of videos. Uh, I plan to do more projects like this in the future, but this is the big one for now. I'm gonna go back after this to some of my more Uh, little one-off kind of hits and uh, Discuss those with people and uh, let those you know come out to you guys and see what you guys think if you enjoy these videos If you enjoy the other videos in my channel, please subscribe to the channel hit the little bell ding the bell That's going to give you the updates the notifications, so you'll never miss a video that comes out Uh, YouTube is not going to put everything I put into your subscription feed particularly a small little channel like myself Uh, we tend to get lost in the algorithm so uh, hit the bell if you want to keep up to date on everything. You can follow me on Facebook at Word Weaver Productions. It's Word Weaver Productions, Word Weaver Productions. It's an open group on Facebook. I let everybody in. Uh, we talk about all kinds of different things on there. Um, it's where I put out my videos. That's where we talk about different things. I get your insights, I uh, get some conversations going. It's also a wonderful networking tool so that you guys can talk to each other uh, in your different regions, talk about your grassroots heathenry in your area what you can do. Maybe meet some people in your area that you didn't know were there, but you can find because they're watching the channel. So check that out. Join the group and uh, join in the conversation. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm really bad at Twitter, but I got one nonetheless. the list. It's E underscore Shervin, S-J-E-R-V-E-N. You can also email me at eshervin at gmail.com. If you've got any questions or you want any feedback or just want to share your story, I love to read these things. I love to correspond with you guys. So... Hit it up. Let's see. Share these videos out. Let other people see them. Uh, get them around, and you know, build that viewer base. You know, like I said before, in the videos we're at about 109. That may have changed by the time this video goes live. Uh, at a week-to-week basis, this is this one video stream is about a month's worth of videos all rolled into one. So we're gonna see where this goes. See what the community builds. I love hearing from you guys. I love getting your feedback. This is a great thing, and I love that y'all are watching the videos. And giving me the feedback and letting me know how much you enjoy it. So, thank you guys. Hail. Have a good one.